Hello and welcome to a brief demonstration of this year's uh, software tool from Sheffield iGEM, Synzoig, a modern toolbox for synthetic biology. If you like what you see in this demonstration and you want to get involved, either by suggesting new features or contributing some code of your own, uh, feel free to join us here on our GitHub repository. But without further ado, let's move on to looking at the toolbox. So if you follow this link here in the repository or over in this tab here, you can see uh, the toolbox interface. As you can tell, we tried to keep this interface as simple as possible, uh, hopefully a refreshing change from any of the bioinformatics tools you find on the internet. Um, and it's composed of three main parts, uh, an input, a pipeline where you can uh, pick which tool you'd like to run, and then an output field. So uh, if we go ahead and add in some, some DNA here, so just press some, some random buttons, uh, you can see immediately a few different things. Um, first of all, you can see that the type of the sequence is auto-detected as base DNA. Um, this means it's using the base alphabet of just A, T, C, and G. Uh, our application, though, also supports extended alphabets for all of the types of sequences, including N-containing alphabets. So if you add N, you can now see uh, DNA N is detected. Uh, and it also has support for IUPAC, uh, the standard uh, language for ambiguous nucleotides. So you could add something like B, um, for example. And here you can see that it's detected as IUPAC DNA. Um, and for example, here, like uh, S stands for a strongly binding base that so has to be a G or a C. So if we add a bunch of S's, our GC content uh, will go up, which is what you can see down here. Um, obviously, you also get the length of the sequence, which is often very useful uh, and, and good to have at a glance. Um, one of the things you notice as well about the UI is everything runs in real time. Um, so if I add another S here, the length and GC content update immediately, and so does the output. Um, right now, because no tool is selected, the output is just copying over our input, but say we could convert this to uppercase by clicking on the Convert to Uppercase tool. So now you can see over here is all uppercase, and as we add new letters on this side, they're added in real time to the other. Quite convenient. Um, of course, our toolbox supports more than just uh, DNA. It'll also support RNA and protein sequences. Um, so say I put in some DNA sequence to start with. So there's a DNA sequence. Uh, it has T's in it. Um, I've converted it to uppercase. Now say I want to work with that sequence now. Um, there's a button here for sending the output back to the input, so you can apply another tool to it. That's what this button does. So if you go ahead and press that, you can see now we have uppercase over here. That's just to demonstrate that that works. Um, more realistically, you might want to convert to something like RNA. So you can press RNA. Now you can see, ah, yes, there's U's over here. Uh, we can again press the tool to move it over to the other side. Now you see the input is RNA base. Um, you can do things like reverse complement the RNA. Uh, so you can get the opposing strand if there were uh, if they were bound in a double-stranded conformation. You can count the elements so you can figure out, well, uh, I managed to type it so there's exactly six of each type of element. If I were to add some extra U's in, um, you could see that number go up in real time. Um, one thing uh, that you may wonder is what happens if you input in invalid sequence. So say you want to add a T to your RNA. Well, you can't have a sequence that has both U's and T's. That's neither RNA or DNA, um, at least in this, this simple model. Uh, so you can see here that it was not a valid uh, DNA-based sequence, RNA-based sequence, DNA in containing RNA, and then all the way through to the IUPAC versions. Um, this is also the order that this auto-detection priority works in. Um, 
So for example, it'll detect something as a protein sequence before it'll detect it as an IUPAC DNA or RNA sequence, which is an important thing to, to realize, because you say you put in some uh, protein sequence there. Now you can see it's detected as a protein from the base alphabet. Length of four amino acids. Um, GC content has disappeared since that doesn't make sense for a protein sequence. Um, and you, you can see the same output here. And also, the type of sequence affects which tools can be run. So, for example, protein sequences doesn't really make sense to reverse complement them. So you'll get a nice clear error saying that you cannot reverse complement protein there. Um, to show off some of our more complex tools that we have and how this uh, real-time responsiveness of not needing to press a button or wait to send it to a server and then to get a response back to, to show the, the live uh, responsiveness, how that's really helpful, um, we can look actually at some protein sequences. So I'll just copy over here um, from Rosalind just this example sequence um, for their ORF finding example, which we'll use to show off another tool in a moment. Uh, paste it in here. Um, you can see that's 96 bases, it gives the GC content, it's DNA, uh, and what we can do is convert to protein. So this is a translation tool that will convert over to um, uh, protein from either DNA or RNA, which is quite useful. Um, it's also worth uh, mentioning that this supports some of the IUPAC and N containing alphabets, um, which is quite helpful, So, uh, and, and perhaps a quite unique feature. Um, so if you have a bunch of ends, obviously it doesn't know what amino acid that is, so it gives X, which is the IUPAC for an ambiguous amino acid. Um, but if you were to do something like GGN, uh, that has to be a glycine, because every possible letter that you could insert here means it will code for a glycine, because of the degeneracy of the amino acid code. So that's a useful little feature. Um, this translation tool is, as far as I can tell, one of the most complete ones on the internet. Um, I couldn't find any other one that was able to support all of that IUPAC translation as well as this one. So that's a, a defining feature if you're interested in that. Um, but the advantage of having this in live time, for example, is for something like a protein, you can easily scan through reading frames to see which one looks right. So you can see here there's two stop codons uh, in the middle of the sequence. But if you just go to the beginning of the sequence and either add or delete a base, um, the whole thing frame shifts, and so now you can see there's a bunch more stop codons in different places. And you can do it one more time to get another frame. This one has only one stop codon early on. And then if you do one more deletion, you'll get back to our original frame, where you have the A flanked by two stop codons. Um, but this kind of live adding and removing of uh, bases and then translating them is a quite unique feature to this particular toolbox and enables some really powerful things like conveniently scanning through reading frames uh, by eye without needing to do anything fancy or pressing a button and waiting for a pop-up window and all that faff. Um, finally, I think, to show off one of our more complex uh, examples, we'll just do a, a quick uh, chain of actions coming from this, this source DNA strand here. So, um, paste in our DNA strand, DNA base. Um, obviously, as you've already seen, you can convert to protein and uh, even find open reading frames from DNA. Um, but, just for the sake of example, we're going to convert first to RNA, as biology does. So we're going to convert to an mRNA, we can press this button to shuffle it back to the beginning. Now we have our RNA base with all of our U's here. Now we can say, let's find some open reading frames, and it'll give us a list of the open reading frames it detects. Um, it'll detect one starting at position 4, ending at position 10, and this is the offset, so this is offset by 1. Um, so that's the, you can think of that as the reading frame. So these are both proteins in frame zero, these are proteins in frame one, um, and it can detect those, those three different ones there. Um, we can copy that list 
uh, with this copy button here and say open uh, someplace to to write them down um, for the time being I will just write them down in a uh, notebook like application Bump. so there's uh, our sequences so far probably quite small um, but that's alright because what's important is just that we check um, that these match uh, the ones we're seeing on Rosalind so on Rosalind, if we take a look here, <clears throat> we can see that we've detected that uh, reading frame where it's just an M. Um, that one's pretty easy. Uh, we've detected this uh, other longer one here, and then it's sub-reading frame there. The one that we're missing here is this longest reading frame. That's because this Rosalind thing assumes you're checking in both directions, but that's no worry for us. We can definitely do that. So if instead we go here and we reverse our sequence, or find the reverse complement of it even, um, and then drag that over to the input and then repeat our ORF finding operation. Now you can see we again get that short one, um, but there's a new, much longer reading frame here, uh, and that's the one that matches Rosalind's really long one that starts M-L-L-G and ends with an S. So there you are. Um, so you can see, working with this toolbox, how these buttons that send the input back to the left and all the different tools for converting between types is quite useful. Um, and obviously, once you get some results, so say you've you found your, your ORF, you decide, okay, I like that protein there, um, you can paste it in on this side, and you can do some basic analysis, like figuring out how many of each amino acid is present. So lots of lysines in this one. Um, and, sorry, not lots of lysines, lots of leucines. Uh, lots of leucines in this, uh, this particular protein. Now you can take that output, say that's interesting to you, copy it with the copy button, and then paste it into some uh, document for your own use later. So hopefully this was a decent demonstration of um, the Sensoid Toolbox and something you found useful. Uh, of course, because we're trying to make it nice to use and look at, there's a light theme as well. If you prefer a light theme, it should auto-detect based on your computer's preferences, um, but you can swap between the light and the dark themes. Um, but yes, uh, thanks for, for tuning in. And uh, if you find this tool interesting and you'd like to add to it or suggest new ideas, don't hesitate to get in touch um, on our GitHub page. Uh, we should have maintainers actively looking after this tool for the foreseeable future, um, as well as some decent documentation uh, in the specific submodules. So here's how you set up the web half of the application, um, and then some more information about the whole thing in general. And there's a Rust library uh, contained in here. So. Uh, hope you enjoyed. Let us know if you have any clever ideas, uh, and we look forward to uh, working with you perhaps in the future, or just for you to enjoy our tool. Thanks a ton.